And I, I will give have... a gentleman's clap. Austin Bridges. Hello. <laughs> the gentleman's clap? That's a different thing. <laughs> that's a different thing, yeah. <laughs> I guess we could do a different take if that's, you know. You <laughs> that's doing prefer. it first. <laughs> if you don't need a GC. I'm Andy. Clap attack. Sub-zero ice clap. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be four ordinary teenagers. <laughs> Well, come on down now, cowpokes, for a rootin' tootin' episode of Saturday Morning Tuesdays, where we're gonna shoot our guns and rope them, <laughs> rope them up a couple of cartoonies. Rope them, rope them down to the to the. I'm Andy. Hello. I'm Austin. Hey, it's Rory. And uh, we're doing another episode of Saturday Morning Tuesdays, and we're gonna do our three shows that you know and love. Uh, and you tolerate, like, <laughs> Digimon and Sailor Moon and Dinosaurs. And uh, I think we've got a, a Would real... that be the order? The order? You know, love, and tolerate them? Uh, <laughs> Digimon, <laughs> Digimon, Sailor Moon, and Dinosaurs. First you know them. <laughs> Why does it go no love and then tolerate? Like, do you fall out of love with these shows? Is that no, what's going to happen? No, I Digimon is no, Sailor Moon is love. Oh, dinosaurs is a hard is a hard tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the very tolerable dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, it's I'm... barely watchable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, which one? Were so we dinosaurs with? got cast on Saturday Night Live in this. In this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, no, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna start out our. Okay, corral. Gonna uh, wrestle up some <laughs> some Digimon <laughs> over right, to good. our pen. Oh, good. I know nothing about cowboys and ranches. Oh man, well we've got the wrong show for you. <laughs> you gotta help me. Yeah, Digimon <laughs> is not gonna help, but we should probably talk about it. All right, let's do it. All right, you guys. So, for the the synopsis of this episode is well, the title is Sub Zero Ice Punch, and it goes mm-hmm. after hours spent searching, Ty and Matt reunite on a cold region of File Island, but without anyone around to stop them, a fight breaks out between the two of them. Oof. Yeah, that's yeah. really kind of getting like deep episode spoilers in the description. Eh, we- yeah. I mean, the boy I, fight was like at least two thirds <laughs> of the way in. Get your ticket you to the boy fight. We had the a tumble, serious boy fight. The tumble a, in the snow was a boy uh, tumble. Was uh, it made me? It made me confront some feelings. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Boy fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, they had a they had a boy tussle of of epic proportions. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's been it's been building towards <laughs> that for a while, and I think. It was yeah. good to see. See who's going to wear the goggles in this relationship. <laughs> Battle um, for supremacy of the goggles. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty stylish, but he never wears them. 
Not not really. No. They're, they're for his forehead. No, also... Nor have we particularly seen him earn the goggles. <laughs> so, speaking of Ty's clothes, I think that <laughs> is a pretty good lead-in to the beginning of it the is. episode. If we go chronologically... Because uh, we, open, we open on Ty as a nude child <laughs> alone in the wilderness. Yeah, he's got Fresh his package, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and then they find his they find his clothes, but they're like comically frozen in an ice cube. Well, like, they don't actually really find his clothes as much as it's just sort of there, <laughs> <they're, you, laughs> conveniently in front of him in the in the snow. Which you know what? Look, that's fine. All right, yeah, we can't have if that can't gets a boy running around though. Yeah, if that gets a boy all enclosed and not <laughs> not enclosed, then you know I'm prepared to accept that like logical jump. But I'm you know for what whatever puts was, a boy in clothes. What I thought was the funniest part about this was that, like, after so many logical leaps and and um, what I'll call uh, continuity, uh, non-important brush aways, the one thing that they've been very consistent about is the nakedness of their characters. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think we would have totally uh, been fine if they just like wound up wet clothes. clothes again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But last episode they got ambushed in the in the middle of in the, the night. Buck. They got they, were... they got they got fresh in a in a hot tub and then yeah, and their and dream bathrobes disappeared. <laughs> Matt wanted to see some of what Joe's got, and then yeah, Matt Matt was looking to see what <laughs> what was going on underneath that towel. <laughs> Matt had eyes for Joe. You know what? Yeah. Kids kids can totally explore all they want in a, you know, in a digital world or the real world. Totally I, I, true. It, it might even be more acceptable in the digital world. You know, you know what? Yeah. I, I would say standards, you know, or like <laughs> a lot of taboos don't exist <laughs> in digital form. Except cyberbullying, I guess. Which, right. Right. Which is just normal bullying. And <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. just normal bullying. <laughs> Um, uh, I I do not want us to just like go right past Frigimon because I oh think God. we really need to take Frigimon head on here. You mean Frigimon the Digimon? <laughs> yes, the Digimon Frigimon, which I cannot stress enough, is a real Digimon named Frigimon. <laughs> what he's doing? It's so funny because he's he's doing a a a, a sort of. Almost like impression of Rodney of the... Dangerfield. Or... Yeah, he's a little well, bit Dangerfield. He's a little bit like old New York Jew. Well, no, what he's what he's doing is the is the old '60s Frosty the Snowman cartoon. Oh, mm. he's doing uh, uh, Jackie Vernon in the in the like old Frosty cartoon. You know, sort of like where Frosty was sort of this New Yorker guy, and like uh, yeah, no, it's like a weird reference they're doing with this dub, but it works for me. The, the sort of he's... Rankin Bass. Uh... Well, no, it was Character. it was a regular a regular animation. Oh, it was a okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so so Frigimon Frigimon is literally like a giant snowman with arms and legs. He's like a snow bear. Yeah, he's a snow bear. That's kind of like a like a cute yeti. Yeah, like, and they they like come across him just kind of I don't know what's he like hanging out and he gets black geared. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> getting geared yeah um, it is kind of dirty they do like a yeah uh ty and what's his boy's name agumon um, agumon do like you've a been watching special. this show for the last nine episodes <laughs> yes oh my god can you just not fucking learn the characters names yeah they have uh they're too hungry to digivolve so ty and agumon have a little bit of a goofball fight with vrigimon uh it's it's 
it's pretty cartoony. Like they slide mm-hmm. under his legs, uh, and then Ty uses Agumon like a soccer ball. Uh, and we find we find out Ty is a sports hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and I'm a, pretty skeptical of that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gonna push whatever That's... narrative he wants. <laughs> oh yeah, back in the he's, real he's world, I was a narrator. I, I was a king in the real world. Yeah, okay, you guys Ty. don't even know. Like in the real world, fool, I had ten moms. Fool me once, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know they don't give out. I don't know. I don't give out soccer balls with. Ah, dang. <laughs> they don't give out. Um, boys, boys, I'm tripping on my words. I'm slipping up. Rory, we're uh, live. No, we can cut around it. Can we? We'll cut it around. <laughs> give it another take. Yeah. All right, all right, uh, all right, all right. There, there's a line with Frigimon that I don't want to skip either, where well, he literally just says, "Yeah, this this episode is full of real great lines." I would say <laughs> I wrote a lot of these. I think, uh, uh. <laughs> where he says, "Just come back, come back and fight Frigimon," <laughs> like a desperate, like third person to explain, <laughs> like somebody just like telling you to fight, fight them Frigimon. in third person. <laughs> <laughs> There's a desperation to it that I just I love. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, li- so I like the way he after says a, his name after like the little Pokemon. comic comic book tussle. Frigimon is for the rest of the episode now our ally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which nice. is a little bit fun because in the yeah, last yeah. few Black Gear episodes, you know, it, it's only the they get one line and then the Digi Destined move move the f along the road. Yeah, and so now yeah. we get somebody with a little bit of staying power. My neighbor Frigimon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, oh my God, Frigimon. So he, he basically tells them that he knows where, uh, Matt and Gabumon are. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I notice when it rains kids. No, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a fun little bit because at first it starts with this really kind of heavy handed, uh, the, the narrative is what it needs to be like, oh, I saw where Matt, I saw where Matt fell. He went that way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's a little easy. And then Ty's like, what about everybody else? And then he goes, uh, no. And Ty, <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, I feel like these are things I notice. Fuck <laughs> in the sky. Oh, he yeah. literally says, yeah, I think when it rains kids, I usually notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a fun twist on uh, when you're yeah. going to dole out information that way to, yeah. to point, make a little fun of it. Yeah, he also, as they walk, so he creates an ice bridge with his ice super sub-zero ice punch, his one power, um, and he (laughs) creates an ice bridge across to the other island, and while they do it, he talks, like, weird stories. (laughs) He monologues. Yeah, he He monologues, he he goes off and he says, um, a party, yeah, he says he's going to tell you about the party I went to that the new Maman crashed? Yeah. That's a party (laughs) no one will forget. Yes, he says these words. Uh, and he comes back and he's talking about how Anumamon was like going after Frigimon's sister. <laughs> like, this raises so many questions. Right? I know, no, I'm I'm shook. I'm just like, trying to figure out like so he's got a sister. Yeah. Is it like the one Numamon and then like his sister Francine or like also Numamon? Like or not Numamon. No, uh, yeah. Uh, Sister Frigimon. Frigimon, also who's... A Frigimon? good band name. Sister Frigimon. Yeah, <laughs> that is good. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he's doing that as a joke, and they're just, like, laughing, but 
you you can't just do this shit, Digimon, because the canon. No. There are serious there repercussions are to the canon. The canon. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> so meanwhile, we cut over to Matt, who uh. is in the snow. He's uh, he's cold, he's wet, and he's just trying to find his little brother. He's so like brave. A romantic hero out there, just like facing the elements. Oh he didn't. My God. He didn't conveniently land next to a next to a magical fridge monster. He's, <laughs> he's unfortunately in the middle. He's alone in an ice storm. With his best uh, pal Gabumon. With his, his best, best pal, pal Gabumon. Gabumon. Who will do anything <laughs> for him, including. And, oh uh, boy. He's real cold this in a cave, is... and Gabumon takes off his skin or his pelt, <laughs> which we theorized before. Yeah. Uh, that might have been a pelt, and it was. We just don't see his real skin underneath. They kind of duck around it. I'll keep you yeah. warm, Matt. Wear my skin. <laughs> which, you know. A part of me enjoys, like, you know, keeping it a little... You keep the mystery. Um, you don't don't give us the naked Gabumon, you know? like <laughs> Sure. Uh, but then it felt it felt like an odd choice juxtaposed against all the naked children we just saw. <laughs> like, they, they protect the chastity of a Gabumon. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you can't just say a protect phrase like all the naked children we just saw. You can't, you can't oh, drop God. that into the podcast. <laughs> Oh God! Well, followed by protect the chastity of a Gabumon. <laughs> I don't want to toot our own bells too much, but like, you know, these are some these are some good phrases. <laughs> well, you're a famous bell tutor. Uh, um, well, I was actually really He's upset. His BTS. <laughs> I was upset at the prospect that Matt might die. Like, it That's got true. really drastic for a second, and I love Matt. You know, yeah. like I've, yeah. I've gone on record as saying that before. And I think we're all of the same mind that, you know, he's he's like the top of our list. And uh, they they basically give him like full on hypothermia here. And it could have gotten real serious if if Gabumon hadn't taken off his skin. Yeah. Um, Slither, and then yeah, Gabumon got, a real, and... got some sniffles. Yeah. Oh, isn't it funny? Now Gabumon's sick. sniffles. <laughs> Uh, what? Okay. Wait. Here's no. A wait. Line hold on. I wait. I got by. something for this. I swear to God. He Do you? he got a he got a virus. Ooh. Three Ooh. out of five. Okay. It's three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Would have been a four if you hadn't been talking over me. I just. You know. We're gonna have a Matt and Ty style fight, Austin. Okay. I'm gonna roll down with you lovingly down a down a hill. Well, <laughs> so gonna... first first Ty. Ty and Agumon reunite with Matt. Frigimon has guided them successfully to the cave oh, that yeah. uh, Matt hunkered down in. Uh, Gabumon had been out all night searching for TK. Um, at some point in the night, Matt gets a little bit of a fever dream and runs out into the snow and almost almost gets a little deadsies. <laughs> but Gabumon once again finds him, saves him, puts him back, gives him the skin. <laughs> <laughs> gives him <laughs> just gives him the skin. <laughs> well, I sorry, this is one thing I don't want to I don't want to scoop by. One of the times Gabumon is going out to like take care of stuff, he says I'll be back in two shakes of a digitail. Yeah, he does. I also had that written down. Which is is just it's like it's like the the you know, asaurus of this show. Yeah. Like you just put digi on the front of stuff and it just it 
this one didn't work for me, but I did giggle. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. It, I think it works when Gabumon says it. <laughs> Gabumon is so weird. He's a weirdo, but I love him. Uh, all right. So, do is it even? It, was it clear to you guys why Matt and Ty really even started fighting? Like, they they just yeah, seemed it, annoyed with each other from the get go. So yeah. I think that's part of it. I, I think I think it started with the fact that they already were going to be they were predisposed to a, to a tussle. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I gleaned from the argument was uh, Matt wants to look for t- everybody, but especially TK. Yeah. Ty thinks the best thing to do is to go back to uh, Infinity Mountain, uh, where and and in general, I thought both both sides I had merit, was... which was fun. I thought it was like a place beyond to sort of like learn more about what's going on. Well, he wanted to go fuck up Devimon. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Okay. I, I thought that the the sort of the point in the point was that, look, we got scattered all around the world. The only place we know where everybody was together was this island. Then I think it may, he's he's positing that that's where everybody's going to be making their way back to. And it would be right. the easiest way to look for people. Matt. So I thought that both sides were were plausible, and I thought that made the fight more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They both were like following a strong, you know. Uh, they were convicted of, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but I can't. Then, <clears throat> I just I can't I can't like identify with Ty very much because of how he goes about it. Yeah. You know, he, he runs after Matt and he tackles him and he's giving him like a don't rock away from me when I'm talking to you kind of thing. And then like Matt just has enough of it and punches him in the mouth. Uh, and they actually cut a few of these. I I, I want to go find it if I can. They cut some punches like the they're, they're like fight before they start rolling down the hill is longer in the original Japanese. There's like uh. more of a fist fight, but they did. I think guess they just changed it to make it a little less violent. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, you know, when you go for a boy fight, you gotta go for it. Yeah, although that's the thing is that, like, by making it a little less violent, it seemed to be made significantly more sexual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The they, subtext was a lot stronger mm. there without any, like, you know, uh, overt actions. Yeah. Well, and they end up, you know, kind of straddling each other at the end. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Um... But it's it's a really cute moment because uh, he he you know Ty's about to start wailing on him and Matt is just crying because he's like admitting that he's scared for TK and Ty's like oh I should have realized yeah. that at the beginning because I'm an idiot um, and I liked that I definitely liked that uh, because Matt is just such a brother he's such a good brother and uh, and so they there this tussle has led them to the to the top of a cliff they have their little moment and then a black gear guy shows up uh, out of nowhere and shatters yeah, he the was cliff a, in half. he was a real alphabet soup of a digimon today that was it was i wrote it down <laughs> moji mojiamon yeah it's mojiamon m-o-j-y-a-m-o-n mm-hmm. he's sort of a uh, hill hobo <laughs> a half yeti half hill hobo yeah <laughs> he's got one of our one of our favorite uh black gears all up in his uh belly town and uh he's freaking out and frigimon shows up and fights off mojimon uh and then it turns into this bigger fight because then everybody digivolves and it's this whole thing now see uh, i wanted to i wanted to circle back again because so frigimon had walked off earlier 
uh, he was going to go get some some uh, something for the cold for remedies. the, cold, for yeah, the sniffles. Yeah, then, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But he just disappears, and I kind of just chalked it up to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is why it was fun for the second time they've used him as a pretty heavy-handed plot device. But I thought kind of paid it off. Uh, they they fall out of the sky and land on him, and he's just like, "Hey, what the heck? I was bringing you medicine." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got like grass and carrots and stuff. Yeah, he's all ready for him. Yeah, and uh, it's real gross medicine. They spit yeah. it out. Gabumon uh, and Agumon uh, take big bites of food so that they can digivolve. <laughs> right. Yeah, I forget about that. That's like a, a necessary thing. They got to eat and have the energy to digivolve, but they also have to be in danger. And I don't know, kind of a lot of a lot of hoops yeah, to jump through. They really like to keep building that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the classic any sort of show with power transformations or with, with power spikes, mm-hmm. you know, ha, ha, they have to have all these sort of back doors built constantly built around like why, you know, why in star Trek, they can't use the transporter, mm-hmm. you know, all why the they can't, you know, like, Oh, we're out of, we're out of range for the, whatever. Or we can't, there's a tachyon field. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's funny. I mean, I, I, mostly I'm not complaining about it because it's been all right. Like it hasn't been too bad. Uh, and generally when they digivolve, it's kind of like, yeah, that's about when you would want to anyway. Right. Sure. It's only been a couple of times where I'm like, Jesus Christ, like how long are you guys going to wait until you digivolve? People could die. Mm-hmm. Um, of note, Mojimon has an attack called uh, boomerang bone. Uh, which makes him <laughs> makes him a, a real cubone like figure to me. Um, it's a very very cubone like attack. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's interesting because before we usually get the cubone in face design only, but in this case <laughs> we get the cubone sort we of get from it the in neck bone down. Design. We get it. We get it deep in the bones. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 cubone in the streets in this in this <laughs> case. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't really either. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like a Cubone sex man. Now, so know. after they've defeat they've defeated Mojimon, <laughs> uh, and with it comes an interesting little revelation. Yeah. That part of this, or perhaps all of this world, like when you when you break away the the exterior, is just a nothing but a network of black gears itself. Yeah. The world is built on a on a foundation of black gears. Yeah, it's really weird, and like I guess. It's it's kind of like Devimon is controlling everything, which seems like he has a lot of power, and I have no idea how these guys are still alive. Yeah, um, or he's he's corrupting the existing maybe. Black Gears. He's mm, sort of corrupting sure. the the internal machinery that is normally there, and he's sort of like selectively sending sure. out Black Gears to sort of fuck with stuff. Yeah. But regardless, the <clears throat> the island chunk that they're on decides to uh, switch directions and head back towards Infinity Mountain. Uh, so that decision was kind of made for them. Yeah. Uh, I <clears throat> I presume that next episode we'll be going back to one of the other characters or a pair of characters uh, rather than continuing That'll, to follow Ty and Matt. Or possi- well, possibly maybe wrapping in a, the third character into Ty and Matt or possibly possible. cutting to like another pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I like this, you know, I mean, we, we talked about not really enjoying that first uh, chunk of episodes with the formula right. where they're all together and we get one episode per person. But uh, I do kind of I, I really I really enjoy this this version where we only. Oh, get yeah, a this is a much better a way to be doing this. Yeah, I mean, I'm the rails are the rails are off now. Yep. There's not like a, a set path that we kind of know everything is going towards. There's not. I mean, not that we knew. We just knew that there were going to be each individual Digivolve episodes and that just took forever. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, we, we didn't know where they were trying to go to. It's just sort of now it's even less. Yeah, we, we, uh, we have we have both an actual plot or I mean, not a plot specifically, a but a, a, a threat. And we have the now that the characters have been established, you know, shaking them up and putting them in an interesting dynamic is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. And next yeah. episode is Izzy and is an Izzy and Mimi episode. Ooh. Who, as far as I know, have, have basically no interaction, That's, at least yeah. No, yeah. no meaningful interaction. So that'll be mm-hmm. fun. Whereas Matt and Ty were the one sort of obvious mm. combo. Right. Yeah. And sparks did fly. (laughs) Ooh, everyone's going to pair off and show up and they're all going to be dating. (laughs) (laughs) It just, yeah, it becomes a very different show. (laughs) I don't know. I'd be down for that. I'd watch like the bachelor file Island. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, who you're going to give the rose to. (laughs) Oh God. I, I would watch that too. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were gonna say I hope it would be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if only. <laughs> uh, so we have a special sponsor this week. Uh, it's uh, it's for referendum R thirty one. It's been nominated by one Miss Nana Blackslash, uh, who who is pushing forward a bill that would make it so, quote unquote, grandsons can't come in at eleven at night and wake the whole house up. <laughs> wow, wow, that's cool. Is there any like, uh, any sort of materials that they sent along to help us promote this? Yeah, I think there's, well, uh, there's actually, an audio. Clip, well, actually, right? Nana herself has sent us a, a soundbite of uh, why the bill, why the bill is so near and dear to her heart, and why why this tyranny can't be allowed to continue. <laughs> oh well, let's let's hear it now. This is Nana Blackslash, and I'm, I just wanted to tell you to uh, support my referendum, and it's a couple of numbers. It's uh, several numbers that that you will know. You know those numbers, and it's a referendum that says that grandsons can't come in at 11 when it's late at night. They they can't come in. They can't come along. What are you doing? Can't get away from my phone. Are you recording? Please, don't, don't make me get over there. I'm bad. John can't come in. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, that's a, a perfect that bit. Cam- love to support that campaign. <laughs> so vote. Uh, see what else? No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Vote <laughs> no. Vote yes. <laughs> it's it's unclear. 
the dinosaurs are leaving, Bossasaur. Well, follow them. All right, so now we got that dinosaurs sauce all up on my spaghetti. Uh, next episode's mm, called Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We've completely lost any sort of... Uh, we were doing a rodeo thing, and now it's like... Okay. Uh, cowboy this, me that spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. We're back. It's, it's really good. We're back. Uh, this this episode was called That Shrinking Feeling, uh, and uh, here's, a, here's a little description. Terex builds a 4D ray that shrinks her, Bronto Thunder, Aloe, Ryan, Sarah, and the Tyrannos, leading to a miniature fight in the Spencer house. Uh, this, this episode answered a lot of questions for me that we have been asking every week. Boy, I still have so many more, though. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put forth the idea that perhaps I enjoyed this episode. It was, uh, it was mostly kind of a slog. Um, now, I, one thing that's that's become a a odd part of the Digimon, or I'm sorry, the Dinosaurs um, canon would be how how seemingly mandatory it is for one of them to be constantly manning the computer at all times. <laughs> It, yeah it has a very like lost feel you know like that like just there's <laughs> yep. something important that they're monitoring and they have no idea what and they have no they've just been tasked to sit at the computer and, and it's never, not helping never walk away it's not helping because the tyrannos continue to have incredible radar or right. some kind of like communications technology that that continually uh right clues clues them in on the smallest possible happenings well and remember last ep last saturday morning tuesday's episode we watched we skipped ahead to like episode 24 or something and even then the tyrannos listening in was still a problem and they didn't solve it at the end of that episode <laughs> no like like we have another 20 or so episodes of continually still having this problem uh yeah their security is is non-existent it's weak it's very weak but, you know, so I don't know what the heck everyone else is doing, but they leave Bronto Thunder and Terex alone at Lava Dome. And Bronto Thunder's working, but Terex is, like, you know, dicking around building stuff. And He's making a science beam. Yeah. Uh, it's basically it's, uh... an overhead projector. It's, like, plugged into an <laughs> overhead projector. And... <laughs> an overhead projector that can change your size. Uh, uh, well, no, it can reach into the fourth dimension, she says. Uh, but and mostly, this, yeah, it, the yeah. the ability to shrink and grow things is a little bit uh, underexplained, but it does sort of establish <laughs> Terex as yeah. the one and only competent member of the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. she's like a cool science person. Mm -hmm. He's actually making new technology. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like our first time we've actually seen Terex do more than two lines of dialogue, I think. Yeah, I mean, and we met her in that baseball unlike the other episode. characters, it submits a plausible reason why there's just episodes without her. And all of the characters have this. It's not like it's just Terex, um, but though she is perhaps the most egregious um, example right. of yeah. being in, in, of omission. Uh, 
at least it's addressed that she's she's doing she's off doing science when she's not around. We have no idea what the other characters do when they're not in the episode. It could be that the last like eight episodes, she's literally just been working on this forty science beam. Right. Maybe. Well, they uh, they shrink themselves because they're just constantly clumsy. Yeah, they're terrible. They just hit the button. The one button you shouldn't hit while you're standing in front of the laser beam. They hit it and they hit it multiple times, like five times in this episode. I I started to get the feeling that it was the grow back button. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was it just kind of starting to shoot things off at at will or was it actually a button? press? I couldn't. It it was kind of it was unclear. Yeah, it was unclear. And and the machine does continue to fire off with extreme plot accuracy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it it could have been a lot worse, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so it so it does that. So they they have that shrub, and so Dino Thunder or Bronto Thunder, and Terex, <laughs> uh, um, fly. They get uh, you know. Well, they Allo finds them and they right, and they Allo, screw him yeah, up yeah. too. Then they right. zap him too. <laughs> Yeah, and he's completely like unfazed. He's just like, "Oh, I've been shrunk. Oh, he's, Very cool. He's, he's fully unflappable." But <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, uh, they're trying to f- figure it out, and essentially they they realize, or Terex realizes that she's somehow like erased all of the code that makes it work, and now they can't go backwards. But somehow the code is on Ryan's home computer, and they have to go there. Yeah. So not sure yeah. why, but yeah. So they have to go to Ryan's house. Uh, Which, okay. Okay. So secret scouts have houses and lives yeah. and families. Yeah. And they don't at just least, live in their apartments. At least yeah. Ryan and Sarah do. And mm-hmm. they're siblings. Yeah. They're siblings. I guess uh, he doesn't. I feel like they might have mentioned that they were brother and sister in one episode before. I think there's possibly before. a, a throwaway line. There might be a garbage Maybe. line about like sister yeah. brother sort of. Maybe during the baseball episode or something. But Maybe. yeah, so they I don't, don't live at the lava dome. I, but I guess they go there. Uh, and yeah, so they get to Ryan's house. But also at the same time, Terrible Dactyl is just kind of <laughs> like cruising around the suburbs. <laughs> Terrible Dactyl is still the worst name. Yeah. He's just like flying around just like suburban neighborhoods, I guess, looking for danger. (laughs) And he picks up that a communique is broadcasting on the dinosaurs like server or something. I don't know. He just notices. He notices for plot reasons and then he creeps on and does his weird British accent. I'm terrible. Although, you know, I was going to I was going to mention there are there are a couple points here where I thought that they're understanding of computer science made a lot of sense and other times it was used completely strangely yeah yeah that's fair it's it's odd the, i don't know the, there's there's so many little sequences in this episode that i kind of just zoned out on like there's one where ryan and sarah are jumping on the keyboard and spelling out the word dino, and dino. I think I oh my god fell asleep it's for painful. a second that's what I, that's what i was so confused about and what i was sort of <laughs> mentioning was so so Ryan has the code on his computer and the computer immediately goes from a real computer to a cartoon computer uh, where he doesn't know the name of any of his files. And so they have to jump on the keys and just write dinosaurs is in a, in a very weird like tandem typing. Look, uh, Big was a very popular movie. <laughs> 
Oh, man. And while well, they're doing their cartoon, their cartoon jumps, my favorite guy shows up, the real, the, the real hero of the episode. The spider. <laughs> the giant spider. A giant spider. They missed a huge opportunity to become spider riders. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. But that spider... That the body of that spider is way bigger than any spider I've ever seen that's not a tarantula. Yeah, they got to get yeah. that shit checked out. <laughs> they draw it like a regular house spider, but like it's as big as any of them and they're about the size of about four or five computer keys. I was going to say the like, size of a highly merchandisable action figure. Yes, <laughs> absolutely they are. Which I don't think is a mistake. So imagine a spider the size of an action figure and maybe maybe you're peeing a little bit now. Yeah. I, I, oh God, but it's not scary. They dry. It's kind of got like a weird, almost human-like face. I don't know. That spider is is super weird, and they have like this little chase scene away from it, and they jump on like an electric train set, and yeah, they have an Ant Man moment. Yeah, like I don't know. It's really, it's really kind of high concept for for this. What I assumed was going to be a somewhat straightforward little episode. Yeah, but it was not. I'm... I'm still I, I think we need to go back to the parents because I'm still kind of shook about this like revelation the was that they well, live with a mom and dad in a in a house. What are you going to say, Rory? Oh, well, you know, it, it's borrowing from what we know about children's cartoons, which is that the kids have the secret life. And for whatever reason, parents can't find out. Right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but the reality of this show has had no parents and has had, uh, you know, large global events and i just have no interest in the parents finding out as a stake for the episode as like the main the, yeah the main yeah that is not object. that is not the worst issue here you know there's like a giant spider there's an evil team of dinosaurs that's gonna like murder them uh and the fact Sarah that, almost gets crushed to death by a book yeah if we're trying to walk backwards to like what you know uh everything else in the show and the fact that they've been keeping secrets from their parents the fact that there are that the parents don't know or haven't endorsed that their children are you know working Secret for scouts. adult like literally adult, adult dinosaur men adults. <laughs> they're working for with adult dinosaurs <laughs> like adult dinosaurs in their clubhouse uh <laughs> like literally every day um you know, it's kind of like shame on the dinosaurs again, you know, for, yeah. for conscripting youths into their service. Well, the yeah. flip side is like exactly what you sort of just said was that like, am I supposed to really care what these parents think? Where have they been the first nine episodes, you know? Like, right. Now, mm-hmm. now they get to be regular parents. Nah. Yeah. I mean, it's more you, of that convenience writing. It's just like, yeah. you know, canon is nothing except for what we need each episode. Absolutely. Uh, I want to point out that uh, the the my favorite thing about the last few episodes has consistently been Genghis Rex, who seems to be upping the ante on his like voice acting all the time. Uh, <laughs> Terrible Dactyl calls the the you know tar pits too, and he calls home and he's like, ah, well now if you're looking to take them, it's now is a good time because they're tiny. And Genghis is like, what? I'm <laughs> coming right now! Oh my god! <laughs> he's like. So it's stoked. He literally got texted like you up. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's like off. He is going. Oh god. He's in the car. <laughs> he does so get in great. his car. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Um and that is an interesting bit of yeah, obvious obvious sort of like mer- like merchandise franchise world building is that everybody has a car. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, everybody has their own car. Yeah. They all got their own spaceship. Yeah, it, it's it's fine. I mean, like they they try really hard to get me to care about the spaceship battle that happens inside Ryan and Sarah's house. And oh yeah, we get a whole lot of cockpit vision. It's a ton of cockpit vision. We don't get any interesting visuals, and no, nothing really is happening at all. Like, I guess at one point maybe Genghis Rex's ship after he's been shrunk, because of course the Tyrannos get shrunk too, uh, because bone like not Bonehead. It's, it's not thankfully not Bonehead this time, but no. Bronto Thunder. Like they, I don't know. They hit the button. Something happens. They get shrunk. But like Genghis Rex's ship gets hit with tomato sauce at one point. And there's like a joke about seeing red and like, oh God, yeah, well, that's I the thing know. is it's, it's, it's a complete misunderstanding of stakes because once they're <sighs> toy size, a fight is funny. Isn't yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Toys yeah. fighting is no longer dangerous. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, the way Ant-Man did it with just the Thomas, the tank engine, you know, the, the dichotomy between like being on a slow moving toy train. Mm hmm you know, that doesn't do much. And then you sort of like zoom into the micro level and it, it feels really epic. Well, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I think the mistake is that, uh, you know, the, the real danger of being small and when your enemies are small is that like, you know, there's a new, it's like a new field. Nobody knows what like is, nobody knows what the, the environmental dangers are. And like your enemies are still the same size as you. And we lose that fact when you just go into cockpit vision because you might as well not be small at that point. Right. Yeah. Right. They probably also had a lot of existing animation of them being in their cockpit and they could probably <laughs> reuse it. Yeah. But yeah, the this whole episode had some really weird. The pacing was weird. Uh, some of the animation felt really off model. Um, and it, it, it seemed like it really kind of started and stopped like it. The pacing wise, like it ended it, it had like a big climax and then that wasn't the end. And then there was yeah. more and then it kept going. And then like Tarek's was in the shower. The episode. Yeah. Again, again, with, with what I've mentioned a couple of times with this complete misunderstanding of stakes, yeah. we spent a significant portion of this episode trying to find a ball of yarn to open a drawer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that. I mean, it was just like, oh, what's yeah. going on now? What's, you know, where they could have really found the fun a lot more with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing small. is, is just it throw is a, in a cat. A, Just have there be a, a cat a, in a the cat house or something. Uh, uh, but yeah, I actually dog. thought the drawer bit was a fun little detail in its own right. Because sure. it, was, yeah. it was a problem I hadn't seen in a shrinking episode that made a lot of sense. Shit, now there's something kind of in between the levels, the planes we can reach as tiny. Sure. And we need mm-hmm. to think outside the box to reach this middle section. Yeah. Um, that was a fun observation about what shrinking problems look like. But then <laughs> as as a show about flying dinosaurs in spaceships, uh, I can't be asked to watch a 10 minute plot about opening a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you make a good point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if I was a kid watching this, though, I think I would enjoy this. I think I'd be, oh, man, the episode where they got real small. Well, that's the thing is, is again, in, in, in a more deftly handled bit, a, a heist style episode where they have to open the drawer they shut when they were big and didn't think twice about it. Yeah, sort of is a, a Toy Story. It's a really like, cool idea. Toy Story yeah. 3 kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, they make that fun with Toy yeah. Story. Th- every Toy Story movie, they, they do a lot of great shtick there. Right. Yeah, they just completely missed the mark on, on what makes it interesting or what would make it entertaining. 
Yeah. Uh, although guess... Kylo hiding under the uh, the Thanksgiving kind of the Thanksgiving platter was fun, or what oh, you yeah. call it? Um, those those like rich French restaurant steel dishes. Yeah. Yeah. The the covers. Yeah. A chafing dish. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know, I don't know this shit. Okay. Uh, I guess what but we're yeah, really they, saying is is he parked it, we he wish parked it was in there Toy Story. Laid in wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead, it was toy stupid i'm i don't know Boom. i was thought i was gonna have something ready by the time i got there but give it uh, another give it another go more like toy boring eh. I'll, I'll take that i'll take that okay. Se- second time was better yeah yeah you could do it you got it buddy <laughs> um yeah okay well how do we feel in general on this one i uh, i don't know i <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate watching this one, but it was mostly tiresome, and I agree. I uh, thought the, it was about the, to end like five the times. The bit that I enjoyed, the fun little bit, uh, Ryan has reinvented a grow ray, and he zaps Sarah, and he zaps her way too big. Mm. Yeah, kind and of a Rick and like, Morty moment. He, yeah. He's like, "Okay, see you later, sister." And now that she's huge, she's like, "Hold the phone, buddy." <laughs> yeah, we gotta actually strap. fix this. <laughs> I wish that she'd had like a. No, <laughs> like, yeah. like a deep voice Which, all of a sudden. You know, again in a in a complete un, like in a complete tone deafness to the, to their to their own content, they took the one interesting thing, which is now huge Sarah, and used it as one throwaway line, and then you know it was gone for the rest. Yeah, of the there episode. was so much more scale stuff they could have really done instead of again, yeah, instead of just being a, a like a little ship battle that that didn't really go much of anywhere. Um. I got to say, though, there is one major issue here that was not resolved, which is how Ryan and Sarah are going to have to tell their parents that they have to move or go into witness <laughs> protection uh, because they know it, the Tyrannos know exactly where their house is. Oh, you know, I got to say there was another thing I laughed actually really hard at. So uh, Sarah, now her normal, normal size, normal big, has captured Genghis Rex in, in his little toy car. Yeah, she's yeah. got a little Kangas Rex in her hands, like a like a big crab or something, because he, he reaches out with this little protrude, this little claw, and pinches her. He's that was actually a great bit, because he's he's supposedly the greatest villain on the planet Earth that we're aware of, right? He's just so petty. <laughs> he's just pinchy. He's just hey, let me go. Hold me. You get pinchies. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man! I thought him pinching her was a super funny little moment. I yeah, like that, that was too. great. That was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs down. Knocking them back. <laughs> hey, Rory. Yeah, Austin. What's up? I uh, was excited to hear that you were going to be presenting us with a brand new product today. Who's sponsoring the podcast? I think that's true. And. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to tell us about Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning gum. <laughs> Wedding gum? Winning... His wits. I have specific prompts all the time. <laughs> these, like, branded... These branded things. <laughs> yeah, tell us about Ken Griffey Jr.'s wedding gum. <laughs> Well, okay, so Ken Griffey Jr., a notorious gum chewer and mouth kisser, has invented a new gum. It's 
uh, specifically for uh, your wedding day so that your jaws don't lock up while you're at the altar. And oh, you have man, to, that's a big help. You have to do a closed mouth kiss where you just rub faces like cats. <laughs> so instead, he's, he's come up with his, uh, his uh, orthodontic gum that keeps your bones loose, keeps your jaw wiggling. <laughs> it really lets, lets you smooch with deep, deep kisses. Wow. I'll say kiss it here, Junior. <laughs> yeah, I've tried it. Uh, you can kiss just about anything. Wait, Rory, your you're not loose. You're not married. No, no, it's true. Uh, much, much like uh, Viagra, it is often taken recreationally. <laughs> oh, for them real uh, deep, just, deep despite smoochies. its prescribed prescribed uh, marriage only uh, qualifier, it is significantly used by single men to s- smooch random objects. <laughs> to work to work our jaws around something like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know that lockjaw was such a big issue with men. Specifically <laughs> well, is, newlyweds. You know, the the pressure the pressure is high and, and their jaws lock up. Oh. And they're forced to do those those face rubs and those are just no good. No good for the pictures for the wedding photographer. You look like a scary person. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that means everybody enjoys it, because all the all the other folks that are kissing the men get a good smooch out of it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Everybody wins. Well, that's good. Pick yourself up a fresh pack of Ken Griffey Jr.'s wedding gum. <laughs> thanks. Thanks a lot, Griffey. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the kisses. <laughs> Well, we're just galloping over into the the Sailor Moon Corral here, uh, the old Sailor Moon Saloon, and uh, let's take yeah. a look at that one. Let's take a look at Sailor Moon Episode 4. Yeah, so you want to be a superstar. Uh, this one, this one's all about celebrities and trying to be one. Uh, Jedite has one of his uh, monsters take control of a popular celebrity to help gather energy. Uh, Serena tries to make her dreams of becoming a superstar come true and unknowingly winds up in the middle of the plot. Um, yeah, there's there's like this whole thing yet again with a with a Jedite like trying to do some sort of weird plot where they've got this local celebrity named Saffron and they've like body snatched her. Well, so <laughs> yeah. so here's an interesting thing about the plot though that makes this one different is that Saffron herself is not from the beginning is not whammied, you know, like she's not uh, an evil negaverse plot from the beginning. It's actually kind of until like halfway through the episode that Saffron actually gets doppelganged. Yeah. Um, and so like most of the actual mania that's happening is kind of caused without any possible like intervention from from the negaverse uh from yeah, like they, Queen they Barrel just or Jada. take advantage of it right they take advantage of it and they kind of like slightly modify it but most of the craziness is basically already there serena and all of her friends are, are kind of already going fucking nuts over saffron and kind of the idea of being a celebrity and like the damage is basically already done you know like they've already gotten into fights with each other um, and that is all completely without <laughs> yeah. any evil assistance, which I think is unique so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything else has kind of been like, huh, this seems suspicious that everybody's talking about this all of a sudden. Um, and it's usually because it's already 
a plot already in motion. Yeah. Uh, in this one, Serena sees a uh, a poster for <laughs> Saffron's like vitamins. Like she sells vitamins. She's a she's a pop star. I don't even. It's not even really that understood what Saffron does. Uh, but yeah, it's like all the kids go crazy for Saffron. She's like trying to do some sort of contest where you can <laughs> like, you know, be a be a cool superstar, and everyone starts going nuts about what their own talents are. Uh, yeah. Melvin uh, is continuing to be a little creep. Though I was annoyed <laughs> that they've sort of retconned how creepy he is in there. Yeah, he conversing was with him as a normal person. He was a team. He was a kind of a team player in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was a good sport, actually. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's also upsetting because, yeah, he's he's been a, a real a real dangerous Daniel um, <laughs> that I wouldn't cross. I wouldn't deal with him. I'd tell him to get right back. Right back home. Go back and yeah, go back to your go back to your dirty hole. Yeah, go back to your dirty Melvin hole. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't call it that. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> there is a moment though where Serena and uh, God, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, her friend, Molly. Her, Molly. Uh, Serena and Molly decide to do a rock video. <sighs> and they because they want to be famous and they're trying to figure out the ways they can be famous, so they decide to make a rock video and the music they put on is literally the theme song from the show Mm -hmm. yeah and they cut off right before they're about to say sailor moon right but which is which makes me wonder what they were gonna say because i assume sailor moon i mean there's nothing i mean who else is fighting evil by moonlight and i mean it's literally the same lyrics but like Sailor Moon isn't known by anyone. She always ducks out at the end. Right. And no I, had the, like, I had the same oh, observation, right. and you're Which, completely right. And so here's There's the no thing. There's no possible in canon reason they would know the words Sailor and Moon. Right. No. Or the rest <laughs> of the song. I mean, yeah. yeah. But well, so I looked it up. I don't know if you did too, Andy. Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So the the new dub uses a different song. Uh, the like yeah, modern Hulu dub uses a different song or different lyrics, I should say, the same yeah. like backing tune. The also mm-hmm. the Japanese subtitled version also uses different lyrics. Well, that's because the original Japanese theme song, which is the same song, uh, is not the the lyrics. It's basically just a song. It's not about Sailor Moon. The lyrics right. are and, not. Specific. And what I would what I would assume is is the very different legal ramifications for. Uh, playing playing licensed music on television in different countries. Uh, perhaps that could be incorrect, but they probably didn't want to write a song or pay for a song. Well, but what they what they've done though in other versions was that they just changed the lyrics so that they weren't directly singing the theme song and like breaking canon. <laughs> I see. Sure. By the yeah, fact okay. that they're like singing the the lyrics right. to their own song that doesn't make sense in canon that they would know it sure. or sing it. Well, and in, okay. and like you know, and in the original Japanese, the the theme song is not—it's just a love song. It has nothing to do with Sailor Moon, and so they can just sing that song, and it's like, oh, that's just a song, right? But but because they made all the lyrics in English, really like about the show, and like you know, American style, tell you what what the show is about in your theme song lyrics, then it totally just is weird and jarring. Um, yeah. Although the actors must have had fun. They yeah. must there was have. A, I love it oof. when you hear them like really clearly goofing it was yeah. you know bad singing but they were clearly having a lot of fun which is nice to to hear <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Serena and Molly, they, they just neither of them are talented on their own. And together they're a train wreck. And then they blame each other for how bad they both are. And they get into <laughs> <Yeah>. a fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, those are the perils of stardom. Yeah. Boy, tell you what. But yeah, they they split up. Uh, they decide to like start coming up with their own acts. Serena's gonna like use Luna for like super cat tricks, and Molly decides she's <laughs> gonna dress tricks. dress Melvin up as a girl for some reason. Uh, I don't know. She couldn't find they, another could again, friend. I, Andy, know. could this be a, a, a slightly more Japanese culture thing? Like I know that there's there's uh, you know obviously male singers and male artists of, of all variety, but. They're not quite the same thing as the Teen Idol character. So do you think that was the need to make him a woman for this bit? Or would you think it was just a strangeness? I I think so. I think that I think that the point is that Molly doesn't have any other real friends other than Serena. And so she sort of had to conscript someone. And Melvin is the only one who would, you know, she could grab. And so she was like, well, we're going to we need to make an idol like Saffron. So we're just going to make it make it you. Well, he's also one of the only few, like, other, quote, friends or students mm-hmm. who's actually, you know, is kind of a developed character. Yeah. You know, like, there's not really, in, in her circle, very in true, Serena's circle, it's basically Melvin and uh, and her. Yeah. So, like, you know. I no, really, there's no other uh, character to put in. Well, they've got those two other friends. The, the, yeah, and then the they players. were sort of paired up, but they haven't really been a thing in other episodes. But I don't know their names. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to learn them. Uh, what, I, what I really did like is that Molly Molly is obviously trying to keep her involvement with Melvin secret. And there's a sequence at the at the school a little later, and Melvin like totally outs that he's working with her, and she's like, "Melvin, <laughs> I thought you said you wouldn't tell." And he's like, "And I won't tell you how you I won't tell him how you begged me to do it either." And walks <laughs> yeah, off. It was yeah, like, a little line. Like a Which again, I would cold. really wish. Yeah. <laughs> wish melvin wasn't wasn't i'm so worried that he's going to return to his to his roots as I, yeah, I mean he's already gone you know beyond the pale i don't yeah. see him he's not he's not a salvageable person no it's like they've decided that he's like their their creepy token mascot they're like well you know if we gotta have one super perv in our class we may as well be melvin and it may you as know, well be a, yeah, he's an, our inoculated, super perv. an inoculated loser you know like somebody yeah. who we can who we can control yeah, exactly. Like they've just sort of owned it. They're like, well, you know, statistically, we gotta have one. So I guess we lucked out. Yeah, uh, and you know, there's know? there's something to be said for maybe <laughs> trying to to. It's weird because Serena has an actual little brother. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of this could have been gotten away with with a more little brother type character, mm-hmm. somebody who's who's um, mischief with with the other gender can be a little bit more typified as, as like familial butting gotcha. heads, right. You know, then, then, uh, then Melvin just being a perv. Yeah. You know, Melvin is just full on a salty. It really would be nice to see more of Serena's family, like to actually mm-hmm. have them sort of be more engaged. And I know sort of, uh, the point, and I don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler, but I mean, like, I don't think they're, really her family i mean since she's like reincarnated right. from a moon, moon child right she's like a moon child reincarnated so it's like look don't get too attached to this family because they're not you know really <laughs> going to be a big a big deal to this show well, so I, I understand they, that sort of conscious we have choice not, we we have not been told whether she lived a life as a baby or whether she came to the earth as a 
fully grown moon teen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact specifics there. Uh, but, uh, you know, one thing I noticed, though, about Luna is how Luna's basically her mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. At this point, I mean, Luna and, and we see like Serena's growth has just kind of been skyrocketing since Luna showed up and gave her the powers of Sailor Moon. And it leads me to think like maybe all Serena really needed was just like a better mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, well, her parents I, don't I, do I, shit. Yeah. It's interesting because in the Japanese, the voice for Luna is nowhere near as like matronly or old. Like Angela Lansbury and, style. Right. Like that's a that's a, a choice that a lot of people actually kind of disagree with. They're like, why does Luna sound like, you know, because I think I think Luna has like another form later on where she looks like a person or something. Right. And, I think that and it true. makes very little sense with like because they don't change voice actors. So it's still like this. <laughs> old woman yeah. voice like people thought that was a weird choice and so i, I do think mm. it's interesting i wonder how much of it is like our perception that she's kind of like i mean obviously she's nagging her and trying to be like a mom but like with a more youthful voice i wonder how that would be coming off right yeah yeah like more like a cool aunt mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah or just like an older I, sister that kind of you know sure I immediately situation. pictured that uh, that painter lady out in the woods from Kiki's Delivery. Service. Yeah, I was feeling Kiki too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's see. So plot wise, uh, where are we now? So well, I mean, it's pretty. Spooky, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. a spooky saffron doppelganger scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like with this, the doppelganger ice I, webs I was, or something. Yeah, she's a she's she's got ice webs. It's a little yeah. unclear. Very. Uh, whether there's like sticky spider goo uh, or or icicles. Yeah, or if it's just them trying to draw cold. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, she has like this terrifying uh, scene in the shower. Like, uh, Saffron's in the shower and she gets like, it's really sudden. Like, we just have like body this snatched. really kooky scene and then like we cut to Saffron and then she gets like scary body snatched by a terrifying blue demon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know that uh i don't know I, I i liked it i liked getting to see the plot begin like you were saying earlier austin like you know she gets whammied in the episode mm-hmm. um and the rest of it is the rest of it is pretty predictable if uh if you've watched the first three episodes right it's uh you know the plot keeps going the kids get brainwashed uh yeah they, they... turn on a hypno ray which yeah the here's the thing about the hypno ray is that I feel like this episode was kind of messy in the sense that the hypno ray was kind of like halfway needed. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like it didn't do much to the people who were already into it. It just kind of like right. it gave them like a little extra boost. Like well, it, it, it just that, sort of it like brought her uh, her manager and the cop together. Right. It's like hell, it, it did a little bit where it brought some people who like weren't normally into it, brought them into the fold. But it wasn't this like draw all the moths to the flame kind of deal. Like everybody mm-hmm. was already super into it. And honestly, if they want, if they didn't have a hypno ray and they just like collected the energy from all the people who were already super starstruck about it, like they, it wasn't necessary. Right. Yeah, Jedi can be succeeding if he was a little more subtle. Yeah. Like even a little bit. Yeah. Like people are already falling over themselves to just like give themselves up to this sort of thing. And they were already stepping into a thing and uh, exploiting it. So yeah, yeah so the, was, the bringing in the hypno ray was just kind of like this messy 
kind of a necessary extra element. You should write a you should write an angry letter about the the unnecessary use of hypno rays <laughs> <laughs> and the effects on growing brains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the effects on moon teens. God, <laughs> you you got a uh, feel for these poor like school students who get fucking like mind zapped every fucking week. Yeah, it's it's rough. Like, well, and it's not just them; it's the teacher too. It's Miss yeah. Maruna. Like, oh. like everybody, everybody gets the short end of the stick because Serena mm-hmm. takes too long to figure it out. Yeah, and then when and then when she does figure it out, she runs and hides in a bathroom. Yeah, although I did <laughs> like that she reached a point with the star with the celebrity stuff, and she just got over it. She was like, you know what, Luna, yeah. I'm done. I don't <laughs> care anymore. This is, this is stupid. And then she just shows up on her own accord and like, huh? All right, this is weird. I better stop it. We uh we got another another classic appearance of Tuxedo Mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this I feel like was the most <laughs> it was just like the most on the nose one. She gets like frozen into a block of ice, and then he shows up, throws the rose, and it like cracks her out. And she's like Tuxedo Mask, and he says you must believe in yourself. And she goes thank you, and he says don't mention it. And then he's gone. <laughs> and he's fucking gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ugh. she takes care of it herself. But like he's just there for moral support for like ten seconds. His superpower is moral support. And I yeah. do really love that. I do. I do as well. And I also love that he's not in every episode. It's not just like a, a given that that tuxedo mask has got to, you know, get a rose in there. Mm-hmm. And they figured out a way to have like a deus ex machina that actually still allows the main character to to resolve the problem, uh, which yes. is a cool, a cool little um, strategy. And not only that, but I, they managed to usually play it for a bit. And so it works in a couple ways as opposed to a sort of uh, hammy thing, you know, hammy hand waving ending uh, a la, you know, the end of a bad Star Trek episode where right. you come back from commercial and they're just like, well, we solved everything while you were gone. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like they oh. get to the top of the hill and then you just meet you back at the bottom. Like, yeah, no, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we got it. That does remind me, though, I don't know, something something you just said, Roy, reminded me of uh, a, a sort of unexpected moment. Uh, Serena talks to the audience at one point. Does uh, she? I didn't notice. Yeah, she's like, she's like crawling along in the seats. And then she looks at this, looks at the camera and she says, if you see Luna, please tell her I could use her help right about now. Oh, was that to the audience? I guess. Well, there's no one else in there. Yeah, I guess and that's true. who would true. know who Luna is? Yeah. She's talking guess, to us. I guess that's a that's a good point. Oh. It was really weird. See, but <laughs> my favorite moment was also Luna related, where after Tuxedo Mask is there, then Luna just like appears from behind a seat. <laughs> and she's just really quick. She's like, hi. She's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> just like they do this like brief just acknowledgement, just like a half of a second to just like all right luna's here now luna is also here hi it's great (laughs) it's great um Uh, and then yeah she's too scared to transform uh mm -hmm. she's still like so you know we still sort of have that like serena's all still alone she doesn't like you know have like a group of sailor scouts or whatever she's still kind of this like early early stage hero and you know just continues to need another pep talk yeah. And, uh, you know, like, it's still good to see that she's not fully there yet. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I enjoyed this one. Yeah. I had a good time. I think it was a little messy. 
yeah. sort of, you yeah. know, with the sort of, you know, we just had like, we had the weight loss episode last time. Um, and then I immediately was getting like deja vu as this was starting this sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. another, another sort of like appearance thing. I mean, it's, it seems like so many of them now, like first was like jewelry. Yep. And like weight loss, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of the, obviously it's that like Buffy model of let's take a thing about teenage life and then add monsters to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, which works really well for a teenage show. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it's really, it's instantly relatable in some aspect and, you know, it, it allows you to tie things in. You can, but I think, I think Buffy made it, I mean, we were only a few episodes into this. Buffy certainly, I think was a little bit better at giving us a, a little break from it too. And just having mm-hmm. a scary, having a monster that was a, a different thing than just, uh, yeah, you know, just, just the sort of monster, the 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 high school life turned monstrous. Right, right. I mean, you know, for early Buffy still had like the the big master vampire that all the other ones were like being sent from, and we kept checking in True. with him like we do with Queen Barrel, which we like, have it, it here, like but the... Queen, Queen Barrel is much more removed from the world, the, yeah. in a way that uh, the master was not. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely am ready. It's been four episodes. I'm ready for a, a shift of the formula. I don't know if we're gonna get it. Um, I think. I think hopefully the next one. I think we'll get to Neptune, but ooh, ooh, I think so. <laughs> ooh, um, although it looks like uh, when I was on Hulu looking for the other, looking for the newer version of this episode to check out the song if the song was different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was listed as episode seven, and this is for us. It's episode four. Yes, so, so I we've have, already jumped. I have a sort of uh, undoctored oh, yeah. list of the episodes. We skipped two. We skipped two dubbed episodes, and I forgot oh, to look snap. up why. Or That's two right. undubbed. Two. There's two. I got two. I got tripped up by the numbering because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was like four and five or five and six that were skipped. But because we've already skipped one, the numbers were off by one, and I forgot to check that out. Well, dang. Yeah, so there were two skipped episodes here. Um, I don't recall why they were off the top of my head. You know what? That's okay. Honestly, if it gets us to some Sailor Scouts earlier, it, like, you know, skip the Digivolves mm-hmm. a, little, yeah. a little more, and, and let's just, like, get us cracking, then, like, yeah. I'm ready. I'm down. Th- that's that's true. And, you know, that's probably... I mean, I'm sure there were some some material reasons why they cut the episodes, but they probably also were thinking about that, right? Like, okay... We need to get the other Sailor Scouts in here to pep this up. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're in a, the theme. Everybody knows they're coming. Right. Yeah. The. I mean, the, the, it's kind of a, a different version of what they did for Card Captors, which was a, a shittier one where they, they skipped the first, like, seven episodes so that they could get the boy character in. Oh, boy. Uh, who shows up in, like, episode seven or eight. They're like, eh, we're just going to we're just going to clip show the parts where it's just Sakura. We're going to jump to where Lee shows up. And it's like, ah, oh, God. But this this one, you know, I don't notice this one as much because it's also episodic at the beginning. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right, gang. Those are all three of our episodes. Uh, I think it's is it about time for us to ride off into the sunset and yeah. uh, tip our hats as we 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 doff our cowboy caps as they're called. Do you doff them? Do you doff cowboy caps? You doff a cowboy's cap. Doff a cowboy's cap? Uh, do you... Is is there any sort of, like, hand signals I should know? 
uh, more lingo. I don't know. I'm just I'm so I'm I'm so out of touch with cowboy slang. Yeah. All the all the cool teens these days love their cowboy slang. So one thing I wanted to do also before we before we close shop was, uh, you know, make a real hat in hand plea to our to our seven audience members to uh, as a as a growing young pod. The magnificent seven. We could really uh, a review and a rating on iTunes really does go a long way to getting our visibility up. And yeah, a like on the old the Facebook. And uh, talk about it on your at your grandma's bridge club. Yeah, uh, and I was gonna say yeah, uh, th- this this show has a pretty large market share of the people who are uh, our mothers. <laughs> so mom if you're listening uh look my mom doesn't know anything about dinosaurs and my I mom actually watched an way. episode of dinosaurs while she was watching what so that she could listen to episode one uh, maybe mom, it's mostly just kyle's mom who listens no my mom my, my mom does hey shout, he out okay? to, shout out to my mom we're big with our moms guys we're, 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 we're really big we're big in the mom community but we'd like to be really big with your moms too <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. know throw us throw us a, a follow get us a little review ski and yeah. talk to your mom about us <laughs> yeah or Tell your you mom know about literally us. anybody else please <laughs> please oh please talk to your mom about saturday morning tuesdays yeah ask your doctor yeah your doctor might love this shit is very true all right. Like well, us. <laughs> how how do cowboys say goodbye? Is it a howdy ho? Did they say I think howdy it's ho? a I think it's howdy. It's like aloha, right? Howdy means goodbye. Howdy and does hello. mean goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> goodbye and hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Howdy, everybody. Howdy. Howdy. howdy.